0: That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. Join our jazz community at learnjazzstandards.com slash newsletter and get on the inside of everything that's happening on Learn Jazz Standards. Welcome to the LJS Podcast, where you get weekly jazz tips, interviews, stories, and advice for becoming a better jazz musician. And now your host... He's a jazz musician, author, and entrepreneur, Brent Bartstra. Oh man, thanks to uh, announcer Joshua Mackey for introducing me in. Awesome, we are up in the game on the production on this podcast. Hey everybody, my name is Brent and you're listening to another episode of the Learn Jazz Standards Podcast. So glad you're here no matter where you're listening from, whether it's from our home base, LearnJazzStandards.com or YouTube or iTunes. We're glad to have you, and on episode 59, I'm going to be talking about five tips for playing jazz ballads like an expert. You know, ballads are not easy. If you've spent any time playing them, you'll probably know that already. Ballads can be hard. In fact, I I sometimes find them harder than playing up-tempo tunes sometimes, and there's a multitude of reasons for that, which I'm going to go in to today's show, but before we get started, as always, this show, it's 100% free To you, but if you'd like to give back, a simple way you can do that is go to iTunes and leave us a rating and a review. That just helps other people find this show and spread the word, spread the free jazz education to everybody. And if you'd like to get a question answered on the Learn Jazz Standards podcast, you can call our podcast questions hotline. It's 910 LJS Cast or 910 557 2278. Sometimes we answer questions on our segment, Ask LJS, on this show. So leave us a voicemail with your jazz question. It could get answered on a future LGS podcast episode. Doesn't matter what the question is. And if I don't know the answer, I'll find someone who does. So call the podcast questions hotline, 910 LGS cast. All right, let's not waste any more time. Let's get into today's topic. So, jazz ballads are often characterized by their slow tempos. You know, there's uh, those dreadfully slow tempos for ballads where, uh, you know, it's it's just slow cooking. And then there's also like a walking ballad, you know. It's just kind of on the border of, of medium and actually being a ballad. Um, but, Either way, you're still going to be dealing with slow tempos, which is really the main difficulty that most musicians seem to have with ballads is dealing with that slow tempo. But with that slow tempo add some other interesting problems. First of all, you're having to keep time. Keeping time can be really difficult when you're at a slow tempo and not rushing. The The tendency usually is to rush that tempo and start going faster. And then the second problem that comes along with slow tempos is that you tend to want to fill up the space. You're not exactly sure what to do with all of that empty space. And so you can be tempted to play too much um, and, and not really know what to do with, with what you have. Uh and, and you know, those are just some of the challenges. Now with most ballads there's a lot of chord changes going by. Again, at a slow tempo, but there's a lot of chord changes to deal with. So, it can be hard to memorize ballads sometimes because there's just a lot going on. Those are just some of the challenges that we face and it's not easy to play ballads. They take a lot of practice. So, I'm going to give you five tips today that I think can really help us uh, start focusing on the right things. And for you listening today, what I would ask you to do is the next time you sit down to practice a ballad or the next time you go and you play a gig or a jam session with somebody and you're playing a ballad to try to think about some of these things I think the best way you can apply this is just to, to kind of think of it like a checklist am i doing these things am i considering these things while I'm playing a ballad and that could be incredibly helpful for you to to really sound like a pro when you're doing this now of course there's learning language and all of that stuff that That's super important, Um, but really going through this checklist can maybe be of a great help to you. So let's dive right in to these five tips I have for you today. Now, the first place to start, and I, I start with this all the time and other topics that I talk about, and that is to simply listen to how the pros do it. This should never be underestimated, right? I mean, listening is everything. Listen to your favorite jazz musicians playing ballads and really try to get inside how they approach them. You know, you won't be able to play better jazz language if you don't listen. And, and it's really a different way of approaching language when it comes to playing over slow tempos, over ballads. It's different. We're going to go into that in just a second and some of the other tips here. But, you know, you got to remember, ballads are hard. They take practice and simply listening can give you a huge uh, you leg up on the game there. So be listening to lots of different kinds of artists and how they're approaching these ballads. That's that's tip number one. That's the first place to always go before you pick up your instrument is be listening. And, and I would say if you're learning a new ballad, you know, go through and listen to as many versions of that ballad as possible and see how different musicians will approach that ballad. For example, Stan Getz, he's going to approach that ballad a lot differently than Charlie Parker approach ballads. Charlie Parker, you know, really approached ballads with lots of subdivision with bebop and Stan gets a lot more melodic and Lester Young, for example, will be a lot more melodic. And I, we can go through all kinds of different instrumentalists and how they would approach ballads. But the point is everybody's coming at it from a different angle. So it can be really helpful to just listen to that particular song that you're learning from a, Bunch of different musicians to try to get an idea of what it's all about. Okay, so tip number one is simply listen to how the pros do it. Now, tip number two is to realize that it's all about the melody. It's all about the melody. Ballads really hyper intensify the melody even more than other songs do. Because you could argue that, of course, every song is about the melody. The melody is the most memorable part of the song, but ballads really. Focus and hone in on that, and and just to prove my point here, a lot of times uh, instrumentalists will be featured on ballads specifically. Um, I'm thinking specifically about um, that record. It's Cannonball and Coltrane. It's an album from 1964. If you haven't heard of that album. Definitely check that out. That's such a great album. Basically, Cannonball Adderley and John Coltrane teamed together, made this awesome album. Um, but they both have a feature ballad on that album. And Cannonball, he was featured on "Stars Fell in Alabama," amazing. And then Coltrane was featured on uh, "Weaver of Dreams," which is essentially um, it's like basically a contrafact of "There'll Never Be Another You." Uh, actually, I'm not sure which one came first, um, but there'll never be another you. But it's in the key of concert C. Anyways, they both were featured on those songs, so that that kind of proves my point a little bit there. But in big bands, this happens a lot too. You know, they'll feature a, a soloist on a ballad because the 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 melody is really important. The rhythm section is kind of slow cooking in the back normally. Playing a little bit of a an especially supportive role, um, and then that's that melody is really coming out and being featured a lot. So, of course, is the melody important in a ballad? Well, of course it is. It's super important. So you want to know that melody perfectly forwards and backwards, you know, and you want to know it in its true original fashion or form. Um, you don't want to you know, you don't want to play around with it too much. You want you can take liberties with it. You can embellish it a little bit, but you really want to know it in its true, genuine, authentic form. And of course, when you're soloing, should you be using the melody? Oh, definitely, right? Especially in a ballad because it's a slow tempo. So you want to be really focusing on that melody in your solo and just using that. Now, a great exercise to do, by the way, with this, Uh, There's three parts to it, and I may have gone over this in another podcast or a blog post in the past um, on LearnJazzStandards.com. But the the exercise goes like this. You're going to play through the entire song form, and you're just going to play the melody straight, as straight as possible. No embellishments, no anything. Just play it straight. So you go through the whole chorus, play the melody of the song straight. Now, the second chorus you embellish the melody, okay? So you're embellishing it. What I mean by embellish is you're still playing the melody, but you're taking some liberties with it. You're, you know, maybe going off to the side, going on a side trail for a second and then coming back. You know, you're just kind of playing with it a little bit and moving around it, but still kind of sticking to the same central theme. So you do that throughout the whole second chorus that you play this. So first, you played it straight. Second, you embellished it. Now the third chorus that you come around and play it You're going to reference the melody. Okay, reference. What do I mean by referencing? I mean, you're actually taking a solo, but if someone were to walk into the room, they would figure out pretty quickly, oh, they're playing Body and Soul, or they're playing Skylark, or some ballad like that, or My Funny Valentine. You would figure that out really quickly because you could hear the soloist coming and quoting the melody you know, through different parts of the solo. Now, this exercise is actually really tough, seriously tough. Uh, I've <laughs> demonstrated this multiple times with students and on the blog before. And it, it's really tough to do because it really... Uh, puts a, a stipulation on you that you really have to focus on staying within those guidelines, those rules, and it can really help your playing and And more than just focusing on the melody. But that's really the, the main focus is taking that melody, seeing how you can develop it, what you can do with it, and, and if you're able to come back to it in your solo. So again, first chorus, you're just playing the melody straight. Second chorus, you're embellishing the melody. And then the third chorus, you're referencing the melody. That's a great tip. Now, along with learning the melody, it can be really helpful. Uh, and I suggest this for all jazz standards, if it if it works, if there are lyrics to it, I just gave it away. <laughs> but you, you should learn the lyrics to a ballad. Ballads usually have some beautiful story behind them. And so the lyrics can be really helpful. And the added bonus to learning lyrics always for any song is that lyrics are memorable, right? That's why uh, top 40s music is so catchy. You know, people sing the lyrics, they're They're easy to remember. We can connect with them as human beings really easily. So that'll help you memorize the song is learning the lyrics. Okay, so tip number two is it's all about the melody. And try that exercise I gave you. The third tip, it kind of piggybacks off of tip number two, and that is don't just play your regular stuff. Okay, don't just play your regular stuff. And what I mean by that is, don't just play the regular two five one licks and the one six two five one line that you would play at a tempo that you're usually comfortable with. You know, for a lot of people, medium tempos or maybe even medium up tempos are comfortable. But that doesn't mean that you should treat ballads the same way. And it's the same for fast tempos, by the way. You know, you don't just play your regular stuff just at a faster pace. Well, with ballads, you don't just play your regular licks and lines, but at a slower pace you need to be creating melodies. Again, it's all about the melody. And so therefore in your solo, you should be creating melodies. Um, So get out of that thinking a little bit and just focus on creating melodies over those chord changes and really improvising. Uh, Again, it can be easy to get locked into licks and lines that you've learned or things that you just randomly uh, normally would play over different tempos. But with ballads, you really want to get outside of that a little bit and and just focus on creating melody. So think about that next time you play a ballad to to just, you know, check that off the checklist. I'm not focusing on playing my regular stuff. I'm not trying to play a two five one line over that two five one. You're focusing on creating Melodies, not just playing the melody of the song, but creating more melodies. Okay, so melodic playing, don't just play your regular licks and lines. All right, just taking a little break from today's show to talk to you about our flagship ebook, Zero to Improv. Zero to Improv is a book that teaches you how to become a great jazz improviser from the ground up. No stone is left unturned. This isn't your ordinary music book, Zero to Improv, it calls you to action. It's packed full of improv and jazz theory lessons. You'll start from the beginning and build up all of the skills and knowledge that you need to become a great jazz improviser. There's audio examples included for all of the music notation in the book, and versions are available for C, B flat, E flat, and bass clef instruments. It's designed for all skill levels. If you want to learn more about zero to improv, go to zero to improv.com. That's www.zerotoimprov.com. All right, now tip number 4 is to embrace the space. Embrace the space. What do I mean by that? I mean that it's a common temptation when playing over slow tempos like in ballads to fill up the space, you know, it, you kind of feel a little extra naked when you're playing ballads. Everybody can have the potential to have this problem no matter what tempo, right? Just feeling like you have to continually play and it's almost like you feel awkward if you stop. It's kind of like if you've ever um, interacted with a person who just can't handle silence. You know, they always have to keep talking. If there's silence in a room with other people, they feel really awkward. But you don't want to do that with your relationship with ballads. You want to... Uh, let there be space if that's what the music calls for, and and that being the key, if the music calls for it. If you feel like you want to keep playing, if you want to keep filling up the space, that's okay, but it can feel unorganic if that's not what it calls for and you're just doing it for the sake of filling up space. Embrace the space. Let the ballad speak. Let the rhythm section play behind you. Um, no matter how many instruments there are, even if you're just playing a duo and you're playing a ballad, you know, feel free to sit back a little bit and just play where the melody is going and not try to fill in the space. That can be really powerful, by the way. Um, some of the best jazz solos I've heard and some of the best jazz musicians are the ones that aren't afraid of space, no matter what kind of song it is. They're willing to lay back for a second. And when they do come in and when they do play something, it's really powerful. Um, it's really powerful. And that's kind of what we want to do as well. So, even though ballads are slow, embrace the space. It's going to really help you out um, and it can be very liberating. So add that to your checklist. All right. Now the last tip, my tip number five for you for jazz ballads is practice subdividing over the slow tempo. Okay. So turn on your metronome. Very key because remember I said when I when I opened up this topic today is that the slow tempos are tough and you know, we can have a temptation to push the tempo to rush. So turn on the metronome at different varieties of slow tempos, by the way. Really, really mournfully slow, walking ballads, pace, and everywhere in between. And practice subdividing. Now, when I say subdividing, just in case you don't know what that means, it means you're breaking up the beats into smaller parts. So uh, ultimately, you want to be able to feel the time at different rhythms. So uh, taking quarter notes and eighth notes and and sixteenth notes, eighth note triplets, these kinds of things. Now, here's an exercise I like to do for this when I'm working on ballads or really any song, but ballads especially, is I like to start uh, with a chorus, usually a chorus each for all of this, is I like to start with quarter notes and I only play quarter notes over the time. Again, with my metronome, I usually have my metronome set on beats two and four And I just play quarter notes over the entire form. That can be tricky. It can, you know, cause for a lot of restraint on your part. And then the second chorus, I play only eighth notes. Okay, so I'm subdividing to eighth notes now. And I play only eighth notes over the entire form. And that can be tricky because it's just a continual flow of notes. It's almost um, defying tip number four, which was embrace the space. Well, for this exercise sake, you're really just trying to lock in your time and uh, be able to express subdivisions over the timeline. So this is a different focus. So second chorus, eighth notes. Now the third chorus, you're going to do eighth note triplets. Okay, so eighth note triplets over the entire form, possibly even more tricky than eighth notes, uh, I would say. And the fourth chorus, if you can, and usually you can if it's slow enough tempo on a ballad, I'm um, not so much for medium tempos or medium up tempos, But try to improvise 16th notes. So um, this will really, really stretch your technique, hopefully, here. Um, But it's going to help you feel all these different uh, subdivisions. And if you've gone through this process through this song that you're working on, it's really going to start opening up your time, help you really lock in that tempo, especially if you have that metronome on, which is really important. It's going to hold you accountable. And it can be easy to go off track doing this. This can require a lot of practice, but it's a great exercise to do. Um, and again Charlie Parker he subdivided a lot over ballads um so he's a great example of someone who would play um eighth notes and eighth note triplets and even sixteenth notes over ballads so practice subdividing over slow tempos now really quickly before i close off this topic today i thought it'd just be nice to leave you with uh, some ballads that i really enjoy playing um you know these aren't necessarily ballads that you should learn over and above other ballads uh, these are just ones i like so i thought i'd share them with you this is 10 of them really fast um body so- body and soul by johnny green uh, that's just a classic darn that dream one of my favorites by jimmy van heusen and misty that's another classic by errol garner my only why my one and only love uh by guy warren super beautiful song Uh, Another favorite, Polka Dots and Moonbeams. That's by Jimmy Van Heusen as well. Peace, really nice tune. A little bit more harmonically complex. That's by Horace Silver. Really nice song. Blue and Green, uh, you probably heard that one. That's from uh, Miles Davis. And Prelude to a Kiss by Duke Ellington and Irving Mills. Super nice song. Uh, Goes into E major during the bridge. In a Sentimental Mood, another Duke Ellington. Very classic song. Uh, and then a personal favorite is Skylark by Hoagy Carmichael, lyrics by Johnny Mercer. Remember, learn those lyrics. That's a great song. So if you're trying to think of some ballads to learn, those are some good ones. But of course, there's many others you could learn. Okay, so to summarize really quickly with the five tips where the first one is listen to how the pros do it. Make sure you're checking out that music and then realize that it's all about the melody. So focus on that melody. Make sure that melody is in your playing and then creating melodies. Don't just play your regular stuff. That's a third one. Fourth, embrace the space. Don't be afraid for silence. And then five, practice subdividing over the slow tempos. Get that locked in. Be able to express rhythms over that time. All right, that's all for our show today. I want to thank you so much for listening. Thanks for tuning in. As always, you can find the show notes for today's episode at learnjazzstandards.com podcast in the top menu and find this episode 59. And you can also add anything you'd like to add in the comment section there. This is a jazz community, and we always would love to hear from you. Remember to leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. Help us out there. You can ask a question on the LJS podcast. The number for that LJS cast. 910-LJSCAST. We'd love to hear your questions All right, we're going to be coming out with episode 60 next week. I'll look forward to seeing you then. Thanks for listening to the LJS Podcast, brought to you by LearnJazzStandards.com. Subscribe to the series on iTunes. And don't forget to join our jazz community at LearnJazzStandards.com forward slash newsletter.